This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, hello, hello. Hopefully you can hear me loud and clear. Welcome to another episode of Leading in the 21st Century, brought to you with Teachers Talk Radio. Um, thrilled to have you this evening. It's been a long week for myself. I will impart that um, story as soon as we hear our intro. Now, this is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, okay, let's get this show started. Now, before we do be, uh, begin the show formally, um, I will say this week has been one of those weeks in teaching for me that has been a bit of a blur, a bit of a nightmare even. Um, I had the call last week that I could go in finally to have um, surgery on some teeth that needed to be extracted from my face. Um and I jumped at the chance thinking, yes, I've been waiting for two years to have these teeth pulled. Um, they actually came about um, the, the issues during the, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, jumping at the chance, you know, I've never really been under general anaesthetic before. I thought I could, you know, go into the, to the hospital, have them pulled out, wake up, go back to work. No, I was in the very next day and soon regretted it. I then spent two days at home pretty much just staring at a wall and trying to figure out life as it just kind of wafted uh, past me. Um, but that said, I am in the right frame of mind. Within the last you know couple of hours, I feel like I've just come back into my body. You know, I am here with you, my dear listeners. Um, and we have got an uh, exciting, jam-packed show planned for you this evening. So welcome to a new riveting episode of leading in the 21st century brought to you by teachers talk radio now i'm thrilled to have you join us today as we delve into the ever-evolving world of professional learning professional development professional growth whatever we want to call it um, essentially though we are talking about that that development of teachers now in this episode we are going to explore a variety of exciting topics ranging from fun facts in our did you know segment one of my favorite segments of the show um, uh, but also we're going to delve into the future of continuous learning for educators now we will kick things off as i said with the did you know segment where we'll um, share some intriguing and eye-opening facts about professional development that are sure to pique your curiosity. Um, we're going to get ready to learn something new, hopefully, and gain a fresh perspective on the importance of professional growth for teachers and the impact it can have on the education system as a whole. You know, that is CPD in its own right. I mean, if you're listening to this show now, you are engaging with that professional learning. Now, following on from this uh, captivating segment, we are going to just have a quick definition of what professional growth or professional learning is. Um, I say a quick definition, I'm going to go and dip into my own academic research and really share with you some of the insights that I have learnt over the course uh, of my career in terms of what professional growth looks like in terms of um, leadership. Um, but following on from this, after the news, we will be um, having an exclusive interview with our esteemed guest 
Rona Grant. Now, Rona is a seasoned educational professional um, with a wealth of experience in various leadership roles within the field um, of education. You know, she is an English teacher. Um, she's focused on literacy development. Um, you know, she's 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 had so much impact and a love for education that I know that you are going to enjoy listening to. Now, throughout her career, you know, she's demonstrated that passion for empowering students, but not just students, but educators as well. You know, transferring that passion of teaching, you know, from in the classroom to training teachers and middle leaders um, within their role so that her impact on the sector is much more wider and extensive. Um, but yeah, that, that will come just after the news. So we are looking forward to, um, in, in, you know, welcoming uh, Rona onto the show and to discuss her experience of um, continued professional learning, professional growth uh, within the sector. Now, during this conversation, we will hear firsthand insights on the challenges and opportunities that are fa that is facing education today. Remember the show, we are looking forward to the future. You know, we are discussing CPD today, but we will be also discussing, you know, what are those potential challenges that face um, the professional growth network of the 21st century. Finally, after the interview, the second round of news, we will be wrapping up this episode with a thought-provoking discussion on the future of continuous professional development for us teachers. You know, we will explore the innovative approaches, um, such as the role that technology will play, as well as the integration and the collaborative learning communities um, that exist on the social media platforms that we all engage with. We'll also consider how they can contribute to a more uh, engaging and effective learning experience for us educators. So it is an incredibly busy show for you this evening. So buckle up, prepare to be enlightened and enjoy this journey into the realm of professional development and growth for teachers. Um, this episode of Leading in the 21st Century on Teachers Talk Radio promises, and this is my promise to you, my listener, to be informative, to be engaging, and to be full of valuable insights that you can apply to your own professional journey. So if you're ready, let's get started. Now, over to our favourite part of the show, Did You Know? So, did you know, lifelong learners, research shows that when teachers continue to engage in professional development throughout their careers, they are more likely to become lifelong learners themselves. We've all heard the term lifelong learners. We say it to our students all the time. We want them to be lifelong learners. But it starts with the teacher. This enthusiasm for learning will often translate into their teaching practice, which will then translate into inspiring students to develop a similar passion for knowledge. For those teachers that engage with continued professional development, they are the ones that secure and share that passion to continue learning um, throughout life to their students. That's our first did you know fact. Second did you know fact, the ripple effect. A study conducted by the Learning Policy Institute found that high quality professional development could lead to an increase in student achievement by as much as 21%. 
Now, that is amazing. This demonstrates the powerful ripple effect that teacher growth can have on students' academic success. So again, if you are a teacher and you are engaging seriously with developing your own profession, developing your own practice, developing your own learning within the field, you will have ripple effects that reach much further and wider um, within your, your your current practice. Now, number three, the diverse, is, the diverse approaches that we take to professional development. Now, for teachers, this comes in many forms. It comes from face-to-face -face workshops and conferences to the digital sphere of online courses and collaborative learning communities on social media, for example. Now, this variety enables teachers to choose the approach that best fits their learning style. We live in an age where we, the educator, are have the autonomy, the freedom, as it were, to choose the style of learning that we wish to engage with, whatever that may be. And that makes professional growth a personalised experience for all educators out there. You just have to pick up the pen, log on to the MacBook, log onto your computer and just engage with all of the CPD that is out there today. Number four, did you know that tech savvy teachers are leading the way? As technology continues to transform education, teachers who participate in professional development that are more likely to be well versed in the latest tools and techniques. I don't need to spell this out for you, but those teachers that are familiar with the ed tech revolutions, the artificial intelligence revolution, they are the ones that are going to be training the teachers within this 21st century. Now, this can lead to a more engaging and interactive classroom experience that better prepares our students for the digital age. And I will stress this one, you know, we are ushering in an age of the digital um, and it will have transformative effects on our students and on our practice. Um, our final and fifth um, did you know uh, fact for you today is that world-class educators, countries with the highest performing education systems like Finland and Singapore, not that I would actually suggest that they are relevant to your own context as educators, but they are top performing education systems out there. They do place a strong emphasis on continuous professional development. Um, they do actively encourage their, their staff to go out there and to learn. Now, this commitment to growth and development is key to maintaining their status as world-class educators. So there you have it, guys. They are our five did-you-know facts around the topic of professional growth and development. Over to our next segment now, which is a definition of CPD learning. Okay. So this is where I suppose we take the show to a more serious stance now. Now, just so you are aware, I am invested in my own professional development. And I caught the bug probably from like my earliest mentors and, and colleagues um, within education, you know, watching those around me grow and develop, but also putting faith into me and kind of encouraging me that I could be a better version of myself, that I could be a better teacher for those that I teach and have a much wider impact if only I could, you know, engage with that, that learning process. And early on in my career, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily 
attuned to, to, to that ideal. But over time, I've grown to really relish and connect to this concept of developing myself professionally. Um, and I suppose it was when I first engaged with the NPQSL. No, actually, it goes further back than that. It was my old mentor, Lacey Austin, um, who encouraged me to engage with the teacher learning network um, where I had to do like an independent research project. And I looked at the gamification of education and I was looking at game theory and Minecraft edu and, you know, how we're turning or how we could use uh, game theory within education to really benefit our learners. And going through that process was fun. It was like a project and it, it made me feel like I could do something more than I had done previously. Like academically, I, I possibly didn't have the best academic experiences at school, um, coming from working class background. Um, I'm, I was quite naughty at school, I suppose. Um, but going through this process as an educator, it really kind of shone the light onto what I could achieve. And from that moment, you know, every opportunity that I've had to develop my practice, I have kind of seized, um, even to the point now where I am hosting this podcast, because this to me is just as much a learning experience, because as I'm researching, as I'm engaging with the online community out there, I am learning as a practitioner. And I hope that through listening to this podcast, you are learning just as much as I do. It's a, it's a privilege, I suppose, to be to be a part of the Teachers Talk radio team. And I do do value that role greatly. Now, the definition of professional growth, though, um, it is referred to in many, many guises. So we've got professional growth. We've got professional development. We've got continuing professional development. We've got professional learning. Um, essentially, though, this is the systematic and ongoing processes that enable us educators and other professionals as well. It's not just educators. Uh, to continually enhance their knowledge, skills, and their uh, skill sets, their competencies in their particular field of, of, of study. You know, within education, for example, you might uh, continue down that road of developing um, your curriculum knowledge and becoming an expert in curriculum planning, um, curriculum intent, curriculum implementation. Or you might go down the pedagogical route and, and, and develop your pedagogy to, to a high degree. Or it might be the subject route that you go down. Either way, it's taking ownership of your professional um, journey and, and developing the skill set that suits you. Um, now, quite often, it is widely recognised by the academic uh, community as a critical aspect of, of maintaining the high standards that are placed within schools. You know, we already spoke about that in our first segment um, of did, did you know, you know, there is clearly a link between high quality CPD and the high academic attainment that students make. If your staff are well versed and well skilled um, and have ex expert subject knowledge, then naturally the students that are being taught by them are going to benefit from, from this. But it also links, I argue, to you know, job satisfaction. If your staff feel like they are being trained, if they feel like they are growing, if they feel like they are a part of this professional community, surely then that is going to increase staff well-being and the overall job satisfaction. Now, in the context of education, professional growth for teachers, it encompasses various activities and experience experiences and you know even within this past decade we have seen those approaches to um cpd change radically 
you know, just think like this time five years ago, you know, people were not talking to each other online about education via video calls. I mean, just this week, for example, you know, I sat down with a cup of tea, I tuned in, I, I plugged in onto my LinkedIn, looking at my profile, and up pops Tom Rogers' face, chatting away to a TikTok superstar. And I sit in and I'm listening to this. I'm thinking, this is good quality CPD here. I'm learning, I'm listening to teachers speaking, and that's exactly what we ex- we are experiencing in terms of this this different approach to CPD today. You know, what we are, you know, what we have access to is this virtual digital realm. But at the same time, we have those traditional models of the face-to-face approach to CPD, where it might be a workshop, it might be a function um, that uh, takes part. I do have someone requesting to speak. Um, Paulina? Uh, I- if you've got a question, Paulina, I'm happy to take the question now. This will be the first time anyone's ever asked me a question online. So let's see if you do have a question here. Hello. Okay, Paulina may have left there. But anyway, um, so in terms of professional growth, then in terms of our definition, Professional development, professional learning, it is that systematic approach of improving the quality of the staff that you've got, improving the quality of your own experience as a teacher. It's important for developing your own job satisfaction, but it's something that comes from the heart, I argue. It's something that comes from inside. It's not just an isolated workshop. It's not just, you know, attending an online seminar. It's not just, you know, sitting... Uh, throughout a meet an after school meeting professional development comes from within you you know it's not limited to the formal training and education that could be provided to you it it does include those informal learning experiences and that could be something along the lines of networking you know quite often i have some of the most impromptu and most beneficial meetings around the photocopier in the staff room where you're talking to staff especially younger staff about their teaching practice all it takes is you know what, what are you planning to do today how are you going to teach your kids and that will spark off a conversation that if others are in the room can contribute toward and that to me is quality CPD. It might not be formal CPD that could be tracked and monitored, but it's sharing of that practice. It's developing teachers through conversation. But it could also be through social networking, as I've mentioned and alluded to before. It could be through just reading um, professional um, articles. You know, lots of us write articles online, sharing our reflections, sharing our expertise. You know, if we are reading this literature, we are developing our own profession. It might be that you participate in uh, learning communities. You know, I could recommend so many learning communities that I've benefited from through my own uh, experience of navigating the social media realms. And, you know, I, I would highly recommend that you guys go out there and find your own areas of interest that you would engage with. Um, but essentially, if I could break it down into five points for you before we do break for the news and, and and bring on our guest for the show, the five things that I would argue define professional development are one, it is relevant. OK, it's no good talking to and trying to train teachers in things that aren't relevant. For example, let's take an outdated piece of tech and suddenly someone comes along and starts, you know, pushing 
um, professional development for this technology that no longer exists. Um, you know, that that's not relevant. It need, you know, CPD needs to be relevant. It needs to be focused on the specific needs, for example, the specific interests or the specific goals of your specific context. And context really matters here because I could be teaching in a school that is very, very different from the schools upon which you are teaching in. And it might be that your particular school has a serious, serious issue um, with with terms with reading and literacy. And you might focus more time and effort on developing training around reading and literacy as opposed to, say, school B, which may have more of an issue related to numeracy. I mean, they're just examples there. So that's my first thing. It needs to be relevant. Second thing, it needs to be collaborative. You know, collaborative CPD encourages this interaction and dialogue between professionals. You know, you've got to allow that that space to allow staff to kind of get together and really foster a sense of community, that professional community. And that's exactly what Teachers Talk Radio does. You know, I'm I'm probably preaching to the choir. If you are listening to this, you are a part of that professional community of sharing ideas, of sharing expertise. Um, And that's exactly what, you know, what what we do here. This is exactly why you're listening, I would assume. Um, as implied by the name, it needs to be continuous. It can't just be an isolated one-off. There you go. You've had your um, CPD for today. You are now going to be an expert teacher. Continuous professional development needs to be ongoing. As again, going back to that concept of lifelong learning. Uh, number four, it also needs to involve a layer of um, reflective practice. You know, this has been the strong point of my career. I am an incredibly reflective practitioner, even in my earlier days when I didn't necessarily take my role as seriously. I would always reflect on, well, oh, that didn't work, or oh, what am I going to do here? But by encouraging professionals to engage in self assessment or critical reflection of their own practices, this then helps them to aim the and identify, I suppose, the areas that they would need to grow and develop Um, and it helps them you know target action plans to improve themselves and again if they improve themselves they improve their practice that then has a wider impact on the school community on and and the attainment of our students Um, and finally continuing uh, continued professional development it does need to kind of be outcome orientated you know there needs to be some measurable improvement in those professional practices. That's the formal aspect, I suppose, of CPD. You know, certification, um, just some acknowledgement that your staff have done the safeguarding training, I think is always a good shout. There needs to be, you know, clear, measurable, this member of staff did not pass the safeguarding training, therefore they are going to need to go back and read the content and make sure that they understand how to keep children safe in education. I think we all would agree to to that. Um, But, it can also just be the outcome, you know, aiming to get better at your practice and, and, and have uh, better um, quality lessons for your students. Now, by engaging in this professional growth um, element, I suppose, to our careers, we can and, you know, you know, we can as, as educators enhance our effectiveness. And, you know, it prepares us, I suppose, if we're engaging with those five points I've just raised there, it engages us. It allows us to adapt to any of the changing demands and needs of education. And being that this show is focused on the tw- leading in the 21st century, it's really important for us as educators to realise and understand that the only thing that we can be certain of as teachers in this century 
is change. The only thing that we can rely on is inconsistency. And if we try to remain the same, if we do not grow as professionals, we are not going to be able to rise to those those changes as and when they come. And if we don't adapt to those changes, it will have a knock-on impact, a knock-on effect onto our students. So that's my part. That's the definition that I will give you, my dear listeners, um, to this concept of continual professional development, professional growth, professional learning. We're going to stop for the news. When we come back, we will be introducing our esteemed guest, Rona Grant. So bear with me and I'll see you in five minutes. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. A report on the BBC website focuses on Ofsted's response to recent criticisms following the death of Ruth Perry. Ms Perry died while waiting for a report which downgraded her school. Ruth Perry's sister, Professor Julia Waters, wanted a full review to take place, but Ofsted has announced only some changes. Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman said the organisation would continue to listen to try to make improvements. She outlined the changes in a statement and they include looking at how inspectors can return more quickly to schools who have work to do on safeguarding, otherwise performing well, in order to reflect improvements in their judgments making the complaints process more responsive, which would see issues being addressed during inspection rather than afterwards, and holding briefings for head teachers where schools have not been inspected for a long time. In response, Professor Waters said the inspectorate was totally insensitive to the situation and was far from anything like a meaningful response to growing calls for reform. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said standards on keeping children safe would not be watered down, The TES reports on concerns over school absence rates and the impact it could have on upcoming GCSE exams. Fears have been raised over the exam regulator's plan to return grade standards to pre-pandemic levels for the 2023 summer series, when a TES analysis reveals that absence is still 70% higher than before the COVID lockdowns. Year 11 students have missed 10.7% of sessions, equivalent of half a day at school, during the autumn and spring terms, according to DFE figures and FFT data lab information. The absence rate amongst disadvantaged Year 11 students is more than double that of their non-disadvantaged peers. Former Schools Minister and Chair of the Commons Education Select Committee, Robin Walker, said the findings were of a grave concern. Exam regulator Ofqual has promised some protection against any impact of Covid disruption to learning, but has not shared details. Despite a government drive on attendance, the objective to return attendance to normal pre-pandemic levels has not been met. School leaders and MAT CEOs have expressed concern at the lack of consideration being given to high absence rates. They also acknowledge that many had not anticipated the difficulties currently being faced. 
The Guardian featured an article on vaping and the concerns many have over the potential future impact on young people. With many schools acknowledging the difficulties they experience in dealing with vaping amongst children and young people, and research suggesting that pupils as young as nine are admitting to vaping at least once, the article focuses on the downsides to what was initially presented as a more healthy alternative to smoking. The rise of the fruity vape flavours with enticing names such as Blueberry Blast have encouraged young people to believe they are harmless. According to some, they reduce your appetite, making them more enticing to some users. What isn't often talked about is the addictive element and the fact that many of the products, although not all, contain nicotine. Some youngsters who have never smoked have found themselves addicted to nicotine anyway. A recent study indicates that up to 15% of all 11 to 15 year olds in the UK are now vaping and the habit is proving just as difficult to kick as all other addictions, including smoking. Finally, many head teachers have called on schools minister Nick Gibb to drop what they describe as a misguided policy, which means schools must open for at least 32 and a half hours per week. In a letter to the minister, Leaders of the two main head teachers' unions warn that since guidance on the proposal has not been provided, many have assumed it is not going ahead. The letter requests a minimum of a delay until September 2024. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Um, that was our news for the um, for the first uh, segment there. Um, let us introduce our esteemed guest, uh, Rona Grant. So, uh, Rona, this is the time to see if we are got you live. Uh, can you hear me? Are you loud and clear? I can indeed. Can you hear me back? <laughs> I can hear you perfect. Check this out. Fantastic. We are technolo- technologically, we are pros. We did it first time without failure. Right, I'm sorry, Rona. This is the part of the show where my dog growls at the <laughs> rabbit, and the rabbits like to kick the floor. So it happens once during the show. So is that okay? Is that okay? <laughs> there we go. Do you have any pets at all, Rona? I do. Um, I have. Uh, I've got a cockapoo um, who okay. is who is absolutely lovely, Teddy. He's he's great. Love love having him. Should have got him years ago, um, but absolutely mental um and i keep hearing <laughs> from people that you know these dogs eventually sort of um calm down but it's just it's not happening mark he's he's <laughs> he's nuts um so yeah we, i mean we we've we've gone animal crazy in this house my, it's not me like i i wouldn't have had any animals really i don't think but my wife <laughs> is she just takes and adopts animals left right and center like from rescue we've got a Sus- we've got Sasuke, our terrier two rabbits um, that have complete free reign of the living room. We've got two rats just sat over there. Um, I've got my my tortoise actually. That's that's my pet. That's that's my one. But anyway, this isn't about pets. This is about <laughs> um, professional learning, professional. Uh... So I think before we do get started, just could you just give a bit of context as to who you are and you know uh, what you know where you've come from what what, what you know yeah, who I, is rona I, grant go for it well do you know what mark you've given me a very con sort of uh, 
a very optimistic uh, and very lovely introduction that I don't feel um, is, is warranted in a lot of ways because, I mean, I'm, I really just still see myself as, a, as a, an educator, as a teacher. Um, but I started off, you know, like yourself, I was an English teacher and then went into sort of um, pupil support, pastoral support role, um, which I loved and, and got really embroiled in, in sort of the lives of, of the kids that I worked with and the caseload that I was with. I loved that job and I was in it for a long time. And then I, I sort of, I, I took as part of my professional development, I decided to take a secondment. Um, and it was a kind of a leap of faith. And I, and I went to do sort of a, a principal teacher of sort of literacies across a local authority, which I loved. Okay. Um, and then the pandemic hit and um, I was a quality improvement officer for um, digital technologies and, and literacies. And that really kicked off at that time. I, could imagine, um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities came with it, but very stressful. Um, not as stressful as, as as the job teachers had at the time, has to be said. But I, I think that was when I started realising how powerful um, professional learning was and how crucial it was. And then, and then after that, I've, I've moved on and I work now for Education Scotland. And and um, you know, I, I sort of lead up the the some of the middle leadership programmes um, mm -hmm. and work in a really amazing team there. Um, and I'm now working with with adults, and and that's that's really exciting. It's sort of got the whole, um, you know, the enthusiasm for 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 learning and for working with others, and and you know, impacting pupils in that way. So, yeah, it's great. I I, I just I really enjoy it. it. It sounds like you've had quite an awesome journey um, through, throughout the sector, and it sounds like this journey is still um, continuing as well. I do. Before we yeah. get into the nitty gritty of uh, professional uh, learning, growth, development, um, mm. do, do you miss the classroom? Or if you do, Liam, what is it that you miss from being in the classroom, Rona? Oh, I really, yeah, I do. I do miss the classroom. I miss just the whole, you know, when you, when you, I mean, I still have the opportunity to, to visit schools and, and work with teachers there. And you get a sense sometimes of just the ethos of the school and the, the buzz around yeah. a school. And just, just you know, working closely with young people, I do really miss it. And there was loads of, you know, frustrations at the time. And you know that way when you have a list of things that you want to do each day and then life happens and young people don't sort of adhere to what's on your list and you, you think, oh, God, I've got nothing done today. But I, I, I miss that. Um, and, and I miss teaching English as well. It's... Um, such a well I thought it was such a, a powerful subject to 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 teach and you really got to know um pupils you know if you're discussing literature or you know just everything comes up doesn't it um, it so, does it. so yeah I, I do I do miss it. it I I know what you're saying that that buzz the ethos like education I remember when I first started training, actually, it was one of the first things that was chucked at me. It's like, what is the ethos of a school? And it got me thinking, like, mm. what is the ethos? And it's that, it's the living blood of the school, isn't it? It's the yeah, pulse. Just it's the, the whole feeling yeah. that when, when you walk in and it's just, it's just lovely when you, when you, you know, when you're greeted or if a pupil yeah. that you don't know speaks to you in the corridor, it's just like, oh, this is an amazing job. You know, it's, it's, it's it is, a, it is, it's it a is. gift, you know? So let's, 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 Let's start warming up now to our kind of uh, discussion on professional development. First of all, how how do you define 
professional development? I mean, do you say professional development, learning, growth? What, what does professional development mean to you? Yeah, I, I wonder sometimes with the semantics of the difference between what we mean when we say professional development and what we mean when we say professional learning. And I guess, mm. you know, from your from your introduction, I think it's it's probably one and the same thing. It's just mm. that development for me has these sort of connotations of, um, you know, bettering yourself to, to undertake a job, mm-hmm. whereas professional learning is more about you know your your own journey and a more rounded sort of informed way that you then um you know learn to 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 improve you know that there's a improving yourself and improving the outcomes for young people so i do wonder if there's a a slight change but for me in terms of professional sorry on you go yeah no so, so when you're when you're speaking to anyone that you're training for example you refer to it as professional learning and that's a conscious decision on your part because you want it to sound like it's, it's something that's ingrained that's coming from inside as opposed to just yeah. a, a tick box exercise yeah and it's not about it's not just about it's not just solely about bettering the the mm. way that you undertake the job it's about you learning your you know learning about yourself learning about your craft um and and it changes the way that that you are and i think that's i don't know i think that there is a slight you know a slight difference i think i think just the learning part sounds a bit more holistic you know yes, it's about yes, something yeah. that then informs change or informs thinking um and we certainly try to always like I was really interested in what you said about, you know, this love of lifelong learning and how mm. that sort of, um, you know, it starts with the teacher. And I would always say to participants on any of our programmes, uh-huh. um, you know, share your learning with your classes. Let them know that you're still learning too and that you're enthusiastic they, about they, it. Yeah, and they love it, I don't they? Really, yeah. Like the yeah. kids, as soon as you say to them, like, you know, I'm, I'm studying this or I'm researching this or I'm writing about this. They want to know and they want to be a part of that. And I think it, it almost humanises the, the the teacher, doesn't it? Because suddenly they're not just yeah, this definitely. like automatron giving facts about uh, Constantinople or Baghdad or whatever <laughs> it may be. But they're, yeah. they're, oh, no, no, actually, you know, I'm researching this at the moment or I'm learning yeah. about this as you're learning about it as well. We're just at different stages on our you know definitely uh, on our learning journeys yeah Um, and it just makes sense of 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 learning and and of it being you know not just something even that happens in a classroom um I just think it's a it's a great thing to do to to share it and yeah you you mentioned earlier that you've you've moved into developing adults and and specifically middle leaders is there is, is there a particular reason why you kind of went down that route and and specifically middle leaders what was it that yeah, yeah. I think do you know. Well, I'd 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 worked in a middle leadership role um, for almost twenty years, and you know, it, I it really opened my eyes because it was after almost twenty years that I went my first professional learning program about leadership, and I think that's a really interesting thing because so often you know teachers are promoted because they've got you know excellent learning and teaching practice or they're outstanding in their own sort of fields mm-hmm. um but often that's without leadership training and and that was a bit of a light bulb moment for me because i think we i think we miss an opportunity if we don't afford middle leaders 
a window to the huge impact that they have on learning and teaching through their leadership. So, you know, middle leadership is a really complex space and it, it sort of provides a, a bridge between senior leadership and the, the you know, the, the direction of travel of, of the school that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but middle leaders are so close to the learners that's where the impact lies and that's where real change can happen and you know you can make real improvement um, for the outcomes of young people so I just wanted to share what I had learned because it made sense of my job to me retrospectively okay. and um, and just you know want, uh, want middle leaders to recognize their crucial importance in, in that in that space um, <laughs> This this is why I I will contest your kind of humility of you know you know not being an esteemed educator. What you've just said there to me has resonated. You know you are going out of your way to share your experience of twenty years in a middle leadership role and to ensure that the new the newer generations of middle leaders have that benefit and have that guidance. That to me is mm. absolutely brilliant you know that 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 is a true leader you know you are you are kind of showing them the way Mm. and quite honestly I do think that's something to be celebrated and something to to cherish so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the esteemed (laughs) educator that you are oh heavens don't don't (laughs) help yourself there um I do I'm interested though are there any particular topics or subjects that you find that you're delivering for middle leaders you know what is it that you're training them to do is yeah so I think well I think it's a bit like you know when you're but you know when you're deciding on the best course of action with a with a class of pupils and you 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 sort of you need to know the pupils in front of you and what what they're faced with in their daily lives and where they're coming from and and you sort of make changes along the way and you, you know that way if you if you teach like if you teach 1984 to a class and they love it and it affords so much discussion there's rich learning and then you do the same thing again with another class and it just seems to fall flat it doesn't quite work yeah I think that's the so in terms of of choosing sort of topics and how you plan and lead programs I think you have to start a planning you have to start your planning or your program with an indication of need um, and, and obviously coupled with professional standards there. But ideally, you want to craft that programme alongside teachers. You know, the mm-hmm. co-creation is the way forward because they're your target audience. And it might be that the topics are system led. So at the moment, um, you know, education reform is, is, is on the Scottish horizon. So yeah. really exciting opportunity to do things differently, to look to improvement. But, you know, your topics might come from society so you know it might come from you know something like black the black lives matter movement or other high profile racist incidents that are reported in the news and then we have a duty to respond to that and create professional learning to facilitate change so from what I'm I'm hearing is it's something that you have to be adaptable you have to be flexible it has to as we yeah the intro to the show is something that's relevant to to, to your body and it sounds to me like you're staying true to that and you are ensuring that it is relevant have you had any like difficulties though in in your approach to developing middle leaders I mean do you have difficult conversations do you find that there's a challenge there or any pushback from the, from the, the middle leaders 
well, just generally, like from your middle leadership teams, from your senior leadership teams, from uh, you know, um, from, from 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 anywhere generally. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think so. It's it's interesting with, I think that the when you're dealing with working with professionals, and you're you're you know we we, we understand pedagogy and we're always trying to Im- improve our pedagogies. And with mm. adults, it's andragogy, and so it's it's ever so slightly different. Sorry, say and that again. The, what andragogy? Yeah, so that's you... just you know the, the 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 sort of the way that you work with adults and the way that the adults you know come to the the learning space, and it's slightly different because they're so invested from the outset, and a huge part of it is what they're bringing themselves to the to the table. Okay. So we sort of base things around you know the the Louise Stoll does this um, has this really amazing diagram of the three fields of knowledge. And so you've got your you've always got new external knowledge, which is sort of research based, and you bring that to the to the fore. And then it kind of morphs along the way because the individuals, the the, the professionals, bring their own body of, of knowledge and their experience. And that's sort of your your second field of knowledge. And this overlaps, and then you have to give space for dialogue and collaboration um, to, to produce this new knowledge. So it's a sort of a shared process. So the, the kickback doesn't really doesn't really happen if it's if it's um you know if it's if it's fluid along the way. I, I, um, I, I love that. Like I, I've just learnt something from from you here. <laughs> like I've never come across the term andragogy before and Well there you what, go. <laughs> yeah. I mean I've just I'm looking at the um the, uh, the 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 concept map that you just referred to here, and I'm actually looking at the etymology of the word. I love etymology mm. of words, so I'm just going to look at this. <laughs> so we've got the andragogy refers to the methods and principles used in adult education. The word comes from the Greek uh, adop, adop. I can't pronounce that, but that means man, <laughs> and gogi meaning leader. So what we're talking here, andragogy, literally means leading men. Whereas pedagogy, as we know, peda is, is child, yeah. literally means leading mm-hmm. children. So when you're talking about andragogy, I mean, where did you come across that term? Have you done research yourself, or is that just is that just common knowledge? And I've just missed out on this. I or? think no. I think I think it's probably part of of facilitators of professional learning sort of deal with that because it's just ever so just a slight shift in in the way that that you work, you know, and it's an absolute privilege to. To work with professionals it's like having your most enthusiastic class um you know bringing their a-game to the to the to the sessions i mean it's it's phenomenal you get so much from it and when you were talking about you know part of your continuous professional development mm-hmm. you know doing the podcast because you learn so much yourself it's exactly yeah. the same for me um with you know with the professional learning and leadership team. I learn so much every day from these people that are at the top of their game uh, in in my team. Just so interesting and so knowledgeable. Um, and and then of course you know you've got your your teachers coming in from all across um, Scotland with this wide sort of you know wide um, field of knowledge as well. It's it's um, it's, it's quite, quite humbling sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's like wow. Yeah. Well, that, that, you know, it's amazing, and this is this show is very much about professional learning. I'm I'm really going to change Absolutely. my own my my own 
concept of this because I've always said development. It's just ingrained within me. But you, you're, you're you're definitely convincing me that this learning <laughs> is more holistic. So um, let, let's move on because okay, now the, the the theme of the show is looking at the you know leading within the twenty first century. So we've kind of discussed professional develop uh, professional learning, professional growth. You know, generally as in, in in context of what you do. So, so I suppose now I'm just going to put a few questions at you, Rona, concerning sure. like the the future of education. So let's just start off, and these are no these aren't small questions by any means. <laughs> um, what do you think are some of the key qualities and skills that you believe effective leaders of professional development, such as yourself, need in the 21st century? You know how have, how have these changed from the previous era so we're talking about your role as a you know someone that mm. facilitates professional development yeah what, what's the skills that you need I suppose I'm asking you because I'd like to do it one day perhaps you know <laughs> selfishly but amazing. You, know. you would be yeah. amazing um I think do you know I think you sort of touched on it in, sure the, in the, the first half hour um the first half hour of, of of your of your podcast where you were talking about you know we need to be adaptable we need to be preemptive and have our eyes on the on the landscape of change because everything is so fast paced so that's something that as a you know that 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 needs to be something that you have as a as a, a leader of professional learning and you also need to be responsive to societal influence and mm. changes and how they're going to impact on the learners in school and the learners in front of you um i, th- I think you know curriculum demands are a huge factor um, so our curriculum needs to meet the needs of learners and the world they're going to live in. And, mm. you know, you've spoken before about artificial intelligence and, and you know, utilising chat GBT or BARD. And, and mm. you know, we need to change uh, pedagogies to, 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 to take that on board. Uh, really exciting um, and loads of changes ahead. And so if you're leading professional learning, that has to be, you know, brought to the fore as well. Um, mm-hmm. And a, a huge quality in any professional learning leader is their ability to listen. And I think that's probably key to, to, to all these points. And, and during lockdown, you know, we made major changes in the way we deliver online professional learning. And we need to continue working with the profession, you know, on whether we move to, to more hybrid models, whether we, we you know, go back to some face-to-face events, continuously looking to the positives of online and, you know, keeping up to date with that and all these, you know, amazing online tools for collaboration. It's just a huge part of it. Yeah, when you you mentioned, like, the online realm, would you argue then that uh, for the 21st century educator, you know, having that grasp as to how to navigate the digital sphere, would you say that's essential for, for for anyone that is such as yourself leading the the I, I would think so I mean I, I don't yeah I mean I don't purport to be a, a, an expert at all but I am you know hugely interested and and you know love to love looking at, at, at different tools for for loads of different reasons also you know in terms of um improvement tools for for leaders, you know, a, a strong basis of which is in, you know, is technology based and, mm. and freeing up time by using this technology is just, it's just amazing. Like when I think back to, to the, to the constant lists and rewriting things and oh, all these things we did when we, when I first came into the profession, I mean, it's, it's unthinkable to, yes. to, 
to see where we've come to, you know. I was talking to my mentor um, just last week and talking about how far things have come. And he's been in the sector mm. for 50 years or something crazy. I think he started teaching when I was born, um, which is mad to think. But he was talking yeah. about when he started teaching, um, they would copy out by hand. Like they would have like, I don't know whether it's a computer or something, but they would plug in and there'd be like their professional learning journal, whatever on on the on this screen they wouldn't be able yeah. to navigate <laughs> there's the text and then they would have to copy out by hand what was in front of them and yeah, it just seems like a, a world away anyway um, so old. <laughs> in your in your experience then um what are some of the biggest challenges that you fear middle leaders will face as we continue on into the 21st century um, yeah that's that's interesting because you know i think for middle leaders, they've got a very complex space as it is. Yeah. Um, they're going to be faced with similar challenges that all educators face, you know, this this fast-paced, ever-changing. Um, but middle, middle leadership roles already differ hugely across authorities or councils and schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, it's, you know, the, the, the way to counteract these huge challenges of, of change is really just to you know, sort of stay in touch with others and embrace opportunities in, in networking that you spoke to earlier and be brave yeah. and be be innovative and just, you know, embrace diversity. But, um... I, you know, I, I would agree with you there. Like I've I've experienced, I've worked in a few schools now and I've, I, I recall walking in some schools that have kind of like this closed door policy, like, you know, mm, this is yeah. the way that we do things here. We don't, engage with like the teaching community outside of these four walls you know mm. everything that we kind of uh, you know dictate I say that's a strong word everything that we share with you in terms of professional learning is the only way almost mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that that could be quite limiting and quite damaging so yeah know, to, to, throw the yeah. doors open and actually you know I don't know I've been in some amazing schools where there are no classrooms and and you know interesting there's just these open spaces where and and it's just it's so interesting to just see other ways of doing something and I think you know you know when you you mentioned that I trained um in a school that I think it's the first school in the country that piloted plaza-based learning and they were these huge open spaces with mm. up to you know 120 kids in a space like a whole year group in some cases right okay and then you would have free teachers and actually I worked um it was the first time I worked with a Scottish teacher actually um <laughs> she was brilliant she was she whipped me into shape I swear um, <laughs> but she yeah she showed me the ropes but there were three of us teaching all of these kids in one room with teaching assistants and we would spread out and it was team teaching it wasn't your standard yeah. teaching um yeah initiation but that in itself was uh fairly you had to adapt because you were yeah. teaching with others around you uh, anyway, absolutely yeah. it's, it's it's just it's fascinating i mean it, it gives me a bit of stress i'm not going to lie the thought of it but <laughs> but but you know that i mean are, are school buildings going to look the same in in the future are they are there going to be you know it's, it's all these <laughs> massive massive um, questions about how education will morph and um, we need to learn a lot from you know from yeah. home learning yeah. and, and whatnot yeah 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 so with obviously you know you're, you're when you talk about what does 
will, will education morph and stuff? I suppose I'm thinking now in terms of like the global um, stage mm. here, you know, obviously mm-hmm. with technology, globalization is rapidly changing the way that we work, that communicate. How do you think leaders can best adapt to these changes and stay ahead of the curve? I suppose you've already answered this to some extent, but let, I just to, to reiterate, you know, how do you think leaders can best adapt to the changes of the global globalization this this ever-changing world i mean these are not small questions mark i know i'm so sorry this this has come from a week of like reading out but yeah but they're they're amazing and they're they're you know it's it's what it it is it's a conversation that needs to go on i mean i think in terms of of you know moving forward we we need to have a profession who are well equipped to be brave you know, and 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 remain inquisitive, and 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 really just go for it. Um, I think there's a huge part of of anyone who is, um, you know, looking forward, and 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 it, it can cause a bit of stress. You know, the, the the only constant is change, sort of thing. But know your job, know your young people, um, know that everyone has imposter syndrome, and just keep working with people and keep. You know, make that leap of faith to 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 where the real impact can can you know can happen. I, I, I love that. That is some lasting advice there, and some of the best advice that <laughs> I've I've been given, which is just it's know yourself, isn't it? Know your values. Absolutely. Know yeah. Know your worth and stick to that as you go through. And that's a piece of advice that's given to me continually. You know, if ever yeah. I go to like face to face consultations or workshops. I will always seek mm. out the speaker in the room and I'll ask that question. What advice would you give a, you know, a young teacher? What advice would you give a young school leader? And it, it tends to be know your values, stick to them. Absolutely. And that, I, I think yeah. that transcends time and globalization and the rise of technology doesn't it now yeah it's your it's your it's sort of like your your north star isn't it it's like you know what 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 keep what what charts your direction why are you here or or simon sinek's uh, start with why you know like just know what you're about and then just you 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 can get a sort of confidence from that to to move forward because you know why you're doing it cool cool now i will ask one selfish question and this is for my own research purposes i suppose um this will be our uh, our final question right now it's been absolutely brilliant to have you on but this is our final question um do you personally think there is a link between professional development and staff well-being if so um what you know how do you ensure that the balance is right this is this is a research topic of mine at the moment so i'm just interested to hear your views really on the link interesting between the two. yeah yeah I think, well, do you know, I think there's a, well, certainly for me, I think there's a sense of worth that comes from professional learning. And I've always had a sense of worth, um, you know, when time is given to me or I take time for myself. And if it's done well, there's there's also a sense of belonging and of community, sort of feeling linked. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as part of, of, of professional learning, we, we kind of, we advocate for coaching as well as a model of good practice, and that's something that can hugely help uh, staff well-being. So that's that's always threaded through our, our programs. So it's if you if you're offered if professional learning offers you a chance to make an impact to to improve outcomes, it also affords you this a sense of empowerment and a sense of agency, and that's 
I, I think I think that would be my L'Oreal moment, you know, when you feel like you're worth it, you know, that <laughs> sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah, just that, you know, I'm really lucky to be in a situation where, you know, my professional learning is, and, and all of us in, in the organisation is of paramount importance, and it really does make you feel valued, and that's what you want to be able to, to give you know, um, staff across across the across the system. You know, you, you you want to be able to help, and you want them to to feel like they're they're worth it as well. Cool, cool. Um, Rona, it has been absolutely brilliant to have you on. It's been on good air. fun. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've I've really enjoyed this 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 conversation. I've learned so much from you in the space of thirty minutes. Some of the best CPD I've had this week. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, I really do appreciate your, your time kind. and yeah thank, thank you for, for joining us um, and thank you for yeah, having me <laughs> bye bye so uh, there you have it guys that was our esteemed guest uh, Rona Grant I hope that you have learnt as much from her as I have learnt um, you know I'm definitely definitely going to take some of those um, points that Rona has shared with us there and I'm going to be applying them to my own practice you know you know, I'm in a privileged position where I'm, you know, contributing toward the professional growth, the professional learning of staff around me. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be quoting Rona Grant, the educationalist from uh, Education Scotland had said this and, and so forth. But, you know, I, I, I really did enjoy that um, interview. So um, I think we will catch up with the news. And when we come back, um, we're just going to have a discussion surrounding the future of CPD in terms of just some of the reading that that that, that I have been, been doing more recently. So, here's the news. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides, and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News. A report on the BBC website focuses on Ofsted's response to recent criticisms following the death of Ruth Perry. Ms Perry died while waiting for a report which downgraded her school. Ruth Perry's sister, Professor Julia Waters, wanted a full review to take place, but Ofsted has announced only some changes. Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman said the organisation would continue to listen to try to make improvements. She outlined the changes in a statement and they include looking at how inspectors can return more quickly to schools who have work to do on safeguarding, otherwise performing well, in order to reflect improvements in their judgments. Making the complaints process more responsive, which would see issues being addressed during inspection rather than afterwards. And holding briefings for head teachers where schools have not been inspected for a long time. In response, Professor Waters said the inspectorate was totally insensitive to the situation and was far from anything like a meaningful response to growing calls for reform. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said standards on keeping children safe would not be watered down. The TES reports on concerns over school absence rates and the impact it could have on upcoming GCSE exams. 
Fears have been raised over the exam regulator's plan to return grade standards to pre-pandemic levels for the 2023 summer series, when a TES analysis reveals that absence is still 70% higher than before the COVID lockdowns. Year 11 students have missed 10.7% of sessions, equivalent of half a day at school, during the autumn and spring terms, according to DFE figures and FFT data lab information. The absence rate amongst disadvantaged Year 11 students is more than double that of their non-disadvantaged peers. Former Schools Minister and Chair of the Commons Education Select Committee, Robin Walker, said the findings were of a grave concern. Exam regulator Ofqual has promised some protection against any impact of COVID disruption to learning, but has not shared details. Despite a government drive on attendance, the objective to return attendance to normal pre-pandemic levels has not been met. School leaders and MAT CEOs have expressed concern at the lack of consideration being given to high absence rates. They also acknowledged that many had not anticipated the difficulties currently being faced. The Guardian featured an article on vaping and the concerns many have over the potential future impact on young people. With many schools acknowledging the difficulties they experience in dealing with vaping amongst children and young people, and research suggesting that pupils as young as nine are admitting to vaping at least once, the article focuses on the downsides to what was initially presented as a more healthy alternative to smoking. The rise of the fruity vape flavours with enticing names such as Blueberry Blast have encouraged young people to believe they are harmless. According to some, they reduce your appetite, making them more enticing to some users. What isn't often talked about is the addictive element and the fact that many of the products, although not all, contain nicotine. Some youngsters who have never smoked have found themselves addicted to nicotine anyway. A recent study indicates that up to 15% of all 11 to 15 year olds in the UK are now vaping and the habit is proving just as difficult to kick as all other addictions including smoking. Finally, many head teachers have called on schools minister Nick Gibb to drop what they describe as a misguided policy, which means schools must open for at least 32 and a half hours per week. In a letter to the minister, leaders of the two main head teachers unions warn that since guidance on the proposal has not been provided, many have assumed it is not going ahead. The letter requests a minimum of a delay until September 2024. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Nichols speaking with Leading in the 21st Century. Um, We've just said goodbye to our guest for this evening's show, um, Rona Grant from Education Scotland, um, who's given us a lot of insight regarding um, her experiences of delivering continued professional development or professional learning um, to her middle leaders across um, uh, throughout Scotland. Um, you know, highly, highly innovative and, you know, high quality discussion that's taken place there. And I really do appreciate Rona for taking the time to join us. Now, as we come to the close of the show, um, this is the part really where I want to kind of leave you that lasting message as to what continued professional development looks like for teachers 
in the 21st century. We're looking at the innovative approaches that are occurring across the educational landscape today. Now, as the educational landscape continues to evolve, it is essential for teachers to stay current with the best practices and adapt to the changing needs of their students. I referred to this in the introduction. It's about being relevant. It's about being in step, in tune with the changes that are occurring within the 21st century. As I've mentioned to you before, the 21st century will be a century of great change, of great pressure. And if we are going to prepare students for this, this most turbulent of centuries, as they are growing into this, this world of chaos almost, there's the English teacher coming out of me now, I'm trying to destroy the world. Um, but if we're trying to prepare our students for the 21st century, we need to stay ahead of the curve. And to stay ahead of the curve, we have to keep our professional learning in step with the world that is changing around uh, around us now traditionally you know cpd has taken the form of workshops and seminars and conferences that face-to-face -face kind of aspect of cpd but as we move further into the 21st century we need those innovative approaches to professional development um, and we need them to emerge you know, so that it offers more of a personalised and engaging experience for educators throughout the world, for, across the globe even. Um, now, in this last segment of the show, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes or so, we're just going to dive into the pool of CPD and these approaches that are revolutionising um, professional growth for teachers. Now, I, I really want to just take a moment to pause here and just really reflect just how important this is for me as a practitioner. And again, I'm just going to refer back to my own journey and, and my the, the impact that professional learning has had on me as an individual. It has given me a sense of self-worth. It has given me a sense of value. It has given me a sense of pride within the profession that I study. And this has come about through accessing and engaging with the innovative ways to, to, to grow my, my profession. And where possible, if I can share that passion with you all, much like Rona Grant had shared her passion of, to, toward professional learning with you all through, through her interview there, I hope I can do that. So let's dive in. Our first point that we're going to discuss is the shift in professional development, this 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 change that has occurred over the years. Now, I've been teaching now for 15 years, and I would argue in the 15 years that I've I've been teaching that professional development has evolved to better accommodate the needs of teachers, teachers like me that perhaps aren't your your bog standard um, traditional teacher, you know, slightly haphazard uh, at times. Now, traditional models, um, they often focused on like the one size fits all approach. Um, uh, you know, we alluded to this in the interview, you know, that whole concept of like, this is the way things are done. This is the way to teach students. This is you know, this is the way. Why do I keep saying this is the way? That's from the Mandalorian. So what am I referring to? These traditional models of this is the way um, that teachers uh, may adopt like a strategy. Say, this is the way that teaching has happened and this is the way that it will always be taught. And this is how you are going to teach um, your, your students or this is how you are going to develop as a profession, uh, uh, grow as a professional. Um, now, this doesn't necessarily address the unique challenges and, and learning pre preferences of 
individual educators. I'm not saying that it doesn't work because actually there's lots of um, material, there's lots of content out there that has worked in the past and continues to be beneficial um, within our profession, within the sector. You know, there's lots of content out there that we still have access to and can make use of. But it's the approach that we're talking about here toward the assimilation and the growth of that. I suppose it's just having that open mind to 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 what is out there and the approaches that we take toward it now today thankfully you know we are seeing a shift towards a more innovative and personalized again i'm going back to that concept of personalization but we are seeing a more innovative and personalized professional development strategy that does focus on collaboration you know teachers coming together and communicating um, and sharing their expertise, as it were, um, across across you know the online or technological um, platforms that we that we that that are new to our our profession, and and this is it fosters continuous improvement. So just to just to kind of define uh, make that clear to you, there is this shift, I suppose, in, in the way that we approach professional learning, and. A key element to this shift is the recognition that teachers themselves are those experts within their fields and, and, and we can learn a great deal from each other. And I suppose even the concept of my talking on this podcast, of my talking to you right now, if you've tuned in to Teachers Talk Radio, you've done that because you are engaging with your own professional learning you know whether that's a directive from the school that you or the institution that you are working for or whether that's just out of your own interest like okay i want to listen to this because i want to grow as an individual that's a choice that you have made so it's kind of taken ownership i suppose of of that and there has been a big big shift in that whereas in the past perhaps it was kind of just expected that you go to this conference go to this um a session because it's kind of expected of you to to do so um it's uh, yeah it's these opportunities this peer-to-peer learning and collaboration it just fosters a more how do i put this a more dynamic and engaging experience for educators as opposed to being the passive individuals that are sat through a cpd session let's say you are actively engaged because you have bought into the program you have control autonomy over your own professional learning journey some schools they do this really well they encourage that growth they encourage the selection of pathways um, for your own professional learning journey however some schools maybe are still not embracing that 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 shift um with good reason perhaps but I argue that there needs to be that that kind of sharing of experience, that sharing of resource. And what better way to do it than through this podcast, my dear listeners? I hope that you are enjoying it as much as I am. Now, our second point to the discussion on the innovative approaches to professional learning is the role that technology plays. Now, we've discussed this already at length in this show, and I discuss it at length in all of the shows that um, I, 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 I discuss with you because technology has played a huge role in our lives and it will continue to play a significant role in reshaping the professional develop uh, the professional learning landscape. You know, we've got the advent of online courses, webinars, virtual conferences. You know, educators today have access to a wealth of resources that could be tailored, 
you know, to, to, to any specific need or interest. I, for one, would never have considered like like continuing to study a master's degree, for example, in, in, in education, if not for the prospect of doing it online. You know, the prospect of actually going to a, a physical university campus and having to attend lectures and, you know, that, that whole... The whole daunting prospect of traveling into a university to sit and discuss and, and attend seminars of an evening that put me off as soon as the pandemic hit and there was a you know potential for me to sit down and do an online master's degree and engage with this community online that was an opportunity that I could not let pass you know I was studying from the comfort of my own home it was personalized to me so yeah technology for me is absolutely crucial in um, the the enhancement and the the growth of professional learning within the 21st century. Now, the digital platforms that I'm referring to, they have many benefits. You know, we're talking about flexibility. Uh, we're talking about um, the way in which you can schedule your 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 time, um, the way that you can communicate with your your mentors, uh, the way that you even even the way that you learn. You know, at your own pace. You don't have to go and and be paced alongside those that are like full-time students as opposed to the part-time students um, but you also get access to whilst you're doing it on these online platforms you get access to a whole online community that are all partaking in this this study at the same time and you can find a group or a community that are working at a, a rate that befits you every course that I've attended online whether that be like through my master's uh, through my MPQSL through you know, through, through whatever course it may be that I'm taking part in online, I find a community online, I talk to them and, and you just kind of band together and you become like this unit of like, yeah, this is what we are experiencing in this particular moment of time. And you support each other and you grow with each other. And that is an exciting prospect. You know, people that you don't necessarily meet in real life. That said, I have met some of them in real life just through um, uh, some courses that I have attended. Um, but just having that kind of, virtual community there to support your professional learning and your professional growth is just fantastic um now they're just some of the benefits um as well as i've said and i will reiterate this to you the comfort of your own home um it's still quite intense though if you do decide to do something like this in in the future you know it is a commitment and you will commit a lot of your time to developing um and and growing online um but yeah, there's there's some of the benefits that technology offers us as as educators, um, and I suppose I'm probably speaking with bias here because I've enjoyed the experience. But to some, there are obviously still challenges. It's like whether you feel comfortable enough navigating the online world. It's whether you have access to a decent internet connection. Because believe it or not, there are still places in this country that do not have a decent connection speed. Um, you know that you know the 21st century and we still facing issues of connectivity not just for, for for teachers but for students as well it's just it's shameful when you think about other countries in this world and, and think about the investment that's been pumped into the infrastructure into public services and, and we don't necessarily have that here but that's a that's a separate gripe altogether um but you might find that some will find the concept of uh, joining an online community of, of of educators and professional growers i suppose um would be quite a daunting task so it's just making sure that you are comfortable enough to do that 
Um, but I do argue that technology and understanding technology and how to use it to enhance our professional learning is actually c- crucial um, for education educationalists to, to kind of adopt. Um, but in the concept in of uh, say take Rona's um, job role and even myself, it's it kind of on our shoulders to kind of equip those younger generation of teachers to to understand that and to be able to navigate that. But they're the younger generation of teachers. Perhaps they can teach us a thing or two <laughs> to navigate these communities themselves. Anyway, um, our next area is, again, just talking about those collaborative learning uh, communities. I've already touched upon this at depth, so I won't spend too much time on this one. Now, these communities, they can take various forms. Um, we're talking things like professional learning networks. We're talking about like teacher groups. Um, it could be lesson study groups. We've already alluded to the, to these throughout the show. But the point that I want to make here in terms of the advancement into the 21st century is that these collaborative environments, they create opportunities. They foster innovation for educators to share their experience, to discuss like the best possible practice and just learn from one another that's it is teachers coming together to speak to teachers and engage in meaningful dialogue you know I, I i don't even need to stress this to you again if you are listening to this podcast you are listening to one such meaningful community that's established through teachers talk radio it is teachers talking to teachers and if you are interested in this sign up become a host honestly because it is a fantastic thing that you can do in terms of your own development as, 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 as a practitioner. Um, and it is meaningful dialogue. You know, the conversations that you have with other teachers that you interview, it does mean something and you will carry that with you. So that's, you know, that concept of co- collaboration um, out there, whether that be reflective collaboration, whether that be giving feedback to each other, whether that be brainstorming or just, just having a philosophical debate on what education means in the 21st century. Um, you know, there are many examples that we could refer to other than Teachers Talk Radio that have had um, huge impact on teacher development and student outcomes. And the, the best one that I can think of, actually, would be the National Writing Project. And that's, you know, this is something I read about um, was a few years ago now, actually. It's a network, um, it's a US network of uh, US teachers, um, you know, a, a a specific breed of teacher, I suppose. Um, and it provides like this professional development and support for teachers of writing at all, all, all grade levels, kind of like a literacy project, I suppose. And this community, it's just enabled for me anyway, dipping in to see what those across the pond are doing in terms of their own development of literacy across students. And they do have fairly innovative approaches. And it's quite interesting to see you know, how they've grown and developed writing and, and developed literacy from K to 12 in um, kindergarten to um, diploma level in, in, in the States there. Um, we've got also our, our next point, which is the integration of feedback and, and reflection. Um, in the 21st century, feedback and reflection are going to be critical components of effective professional learning. Um because they contribute to that continuous cycle of improvement for teachers. Remember, going back to the start of the show, I said those five things, you know, great CPD needs to be continuous. It's that constant cycle of improvement for for teachers or middle leaders or 
senior leaders or whatever it may be. And that comes from seeking feedback from their peers, their mentors, supervisors, uh, whatever that looks like in your own um, institution, whether that be through a coaching program, let's say, you know, educators give the most valuable insights into their strengths, you know, when they are looking either reflective on themselves or if they are coaching one another who are at similar kind of level of their, their career. Um, you know, one one such strategy, actually, that is something that I'm seriously developing at the moment is integrating the use of video recordings you know within within lessons you know i have have taken on you know that stance of having say the use of iris now i've worked with teach first and i know that iris is something that they've adopted and they've put into their classrooms where the students record their own lessons and they go through a process of reflection and stuff that's actually a really useful tool and I've adopted this in my own practice where I am sharing, you know, this is a part, a segment of my lesson that I've recorded. I share that with my um, esteemed colleagues and they will feed back to me like, Mark, that was awful. You know, what what are you thinking? What is this practice that you're doing there? Or it will be, you know what, that's a really good idea. But also just by doing that, I've picked up little bits and things that I do as a practitioner in, in my own reflections and even like seeing like what kids are doing whilst I'm working with another child and thinking, hold on a second, they're pulling the wool over my eyes here. What is going on? So, you know, a strategy of reflection and feedback that is going to be crucial and is, you know, whether we agree to it or not is going to have some impact on the way that we grow as professionals is the use of technology to integrate feedback and reflection into our own practice whether that be through recording our lessons or through other means um yeah um our final point before i uh, before we end the show really and this is the last point i want you to think about here this is the future of professional development as we look towards the future of professional learning should i say we can expect to see further integration of technology and data-driven approaches to continue professional learning. You know, we will likely see personalised learning plans in place for whether it's our trainee teachers or our more experienced seasoned middle leaders, whatever it may be, but personalised learning plans that are tailored for the individual teacher as opposed to the one approach fits all. you know, tailored, I suppose, to the unique needs and the goals and the context of individual educators so that it isn't just a kind of whitewash of this is what good teaching is and expecting all educators of all experience to be exercising that. You know, that's the future that I like to envision when it comes to um, CPD here. You know, I hope it becomes more prevalent as technology grows and enables that more precise tracking of as to how we are growing as individual practitioners. Another part the potential direction for professional learning is obviously, and you know, this is going to be a topic of debate for years to come, is the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning in education. You know, a lot of people discuss AI and the impact it's going to have on students and the way that they might adopt the technology in their own work. But actually AI and machine learning is going to revolutionize the way that we train staff and the way that we grow as professionals. Now, these technologies will help us analyze huge vats of data from various sources, whether that be student assessments or classroom observations or teacher reflections or, 
you know, whatever it may be, huge vats of data could be processed quickly and then be used to identify patterns and trends. Now, this sounds all blue sky at the moment, but if the research is there, if the analysis of this data comes across in papers and it kind of brings to the front forefront that actually there are simple things that we could do to improve the way that we train teachers in, say, this country, that could revolutionise and reduce the workload of trainers out there. So that's definitely, a, you know, it definitely has potential, I feel, um, going, going forward. You know, the information that can be harnessed from this could be used to develop targeted professional development opportunities, much like we talk about using AI to target personalised learning plans for students. Imagine doing that just with staff, though. For their for their specific needs, so I suppose in conclusion, then the landscape of professional learning for teachers is something that will continual continually evolve. You know, uh, by embracing innovation, by em- embracing the approaches such as technology, uh, collaborative learning, communities, feedback, reflection. I suppose we are creating a more engaging and effective learning experience for us all. Okay, that is the future of continued professional learning. You know, ultimately, these efforts, they will contribute to better teaching practices. They will contribute toward improved student outcomes and a brighter future for the field of education. So I do thank you for joining us today on Leading in the 21st Century uh, on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, We've explored some exciting topics. We've um, spoken about the innovative approaches to professional learning for teachers in the 21st century. We've had a, an insightful interview with Rona Grant from Education Scotland. And I do hope that this discussion has provided you with valuable insights and ideas for your own professional growth journey. Now, do remember, continuous learning and improvement are essential for staying at the forefront of educational practice and ensuring the success of our students. So just please remember that. So until next time, stay curious, stay inspired, and keep making a difference in the lives of future generations by engaging with this podcast (laughs) or any others that we've recorded in the past there. And that's a little cheesy bit. Anyway, I'm going to let you guys crack on with your evenings. It's been lovely. I will say goodbye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.